Hello and welcome back to the podcast, guys. My name is Jacob. I'll be your host. So today I wanted to talk about the Eucharist uh, and the sacrifice of the Mass. So uh, it's a really important one and it's actually going to lead us into uh, next week's episode. Um, But I'll get into that further on down towards the end of the episode. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it and go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and just read over a paragraph real quick on what the Eucharist is. Um, And then we're going to go over where Catholics get this this from and why it is so important and why um, our brothers and sisters, our Protestant brothers and sisters, get this wrong. Um, so in paragraph 1323 of the catechism of the Catholic church, it reads at the last supper on the night he was betrayed, our savior instituted the Eucharistic sacrifice of his body and blood. This he did not. I did it again. This he did in order to perpetuate his sacrifice of the cross throughout the ages until he should come again, and so to entrust to his beloved spouse, the church, a memorial of his death and resurrection, a sacrament of love, a sign of unity, a bond of charity, a fiscal banquet in which Christ is consumed and uh, the mind is filled with grace and a pledge of a future glory is given to us. So for those who don't know, and you know, or new to the podcast, whatnot, but the Eucharist is the focal point. It is the most important, uh, part of the, um, of the mass for Catholics. Everything is centered around that. Um, it, it is, the most important part of the mass. It is where we go and we receive the, the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, under the appearance of bread and wine. Now, one of the common arguments I've heard is that, um, you know, we believe that we are redoing, you know, Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We, you know, we're redoing it over and over and over again, which is false. Um, Christ's sacrifice on the cross happened once and for all. It only happened once and it that's it. It can never happen again. We are participating in that sacrifice when the consecration of the host, uh, or not the host, sorry, of the bread and the wine during the mass where once the once the uh the bread and the wine are consecrated all that remains or sorry uh bread and wine no longer remain they are the body and the blood of Christ under the appearance of bread and wine and we're not redoing Christ's sacrifice on the cross we're participating in that sacrifice on the cross and then likewise we eat it like we were commanded to so we'll first jump to John chapter six. And if we go to, um, where was it? John 53, but I'm going to go back a little ways before John 53. Um, and I'll, I'll start at, uh, let's see.
I'll start at John chapter 6, verse 50. Oh, no, actually, you know what? We'll start at 48. So, John chapter 6, verse 48 says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that the one, sorry, sorry, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for, for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I am them, and I in them. So, this is just one example of Christ telling, you know, many people that um, we are to eat. And uh, it's later on that Christ actually institutes the the uh, Eucharistic sacrifice at the Last Supper. And that's where we get it from and how we, um, and as Catholics, uh, during the Mass, uh, how it how it essentially plays out. Um, but this is one example. And I believe it is here in John later on, uh, later down, um, that the, this doc, uh, this doctrine of Christ, you know, talking of eating his flesh and drinking his blood is what causes a lot of, um, people to walk away from him, to stop following him. It's hard for them to accept. They can't accept it. And later on in John, um, actually, actually, it's not very later on in John. It's like a few verses down and six, uh, verse 66. It says, you know, uh, because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the 12, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. So we, we can see that many people couldn't accept what Christ was saying. You know, they didn't think he was speaking figuratively of this. You know, people weren't stupid in the day. I don't like to use it, but they weren't dumb. Like they could tell when Christ was speaking in in parables or speaking figuratively to convey a point or a message regarding, uh, regarding, regarding, um, you know, new, new law or, you know, whatnot. But when it comes to this, he's being serious. He's being literal and people recognize that they see that and they can't accept it. So they turn away and they no longer follow him. It's it's one of the reasons why Judas couldn't betrayed Christ. He couldn't accept it. He couldn't accept this teaching, like the other apostles did. Um, but we'll go on to 
the Last Supper and what the Last Supper reads. Um, and there's there's a little bit of wordplay here. A lot of the times what you'll hear uh, is that uh, when Christ says, this is my body and this is my blood uh, at the Last Supper, um, they take the is part of that and say, because he says is, um, he he's meaning that the bread and the wine are a figure of speech, that they're not literally his uh, body and his blood, that he's he's speaking figuratively of these things. And I want to offer an an argument to that. So if we're going to say that the Eucharist, the new manna, is um is merely a symbol and uh because there is no miracle or, or what have it, what whatever the rest of the argument they want to pose is, excuse me, uh that would mean that the old manna of the old testament would be superior to this one, superior to this covenant, that the old covenant that God gave and had with the Israelites would be superior to the new covenant that Christ uh, um, has with, with us, right? And obviously that is theologically flawed and wrong because not, no old, old Testament covenant is superior to any New Testament covenant or the New Testament covenant, right? So therefore, the is is not merely a figure of speech. It is a literal statement. This is my body and this is my blood. This isn't a doctrine or something that Catholics have just gotten completely wrong from the very beginning and that there's no way that early church fathers and early Christians believe this. Um, because this is exactly what early church fathers believed. This is exactly what the early Christians believed and practiced. And it's exactly what the apostles believed and practiced. Because again, the apostles had successors and they passed their knowledge, what Christ gave to them, to their successors and so on and so forth. So just one example. Now, actually, I'm going to give more than one, but uh, I'll give I'll give examples from some of the more f- famous ones. Um, but St. Uh, Ignatius of Antioch, I have no taste for corruptible or actually, nope, sorry, wrong one. Um, Actually, yes, sorry. I have no taste for corruptible food, nor the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. And for drink, I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. And then uh, that's 11080. And then St. Irenaeus. If the Lord for if the Lord were from other than the Father, how could he rightly take bread? which is of the same creation as our own and confess it to be his body and affirm that the mixture in the cup is his blood. That's 189 AD. And then from one of the more famous church fathers and my personal favorite is St. Augustine. Uh, and f- he lived in about in and around about the fourth century. The, I think this writing comes from uh, one of his sermons 
um, and 411. Uh, he says, I promise you who have now been baptized a sermon in which I would explain the sacrament of the Lord's table, that bread which you see on the altar, having been sacrificed by the word of God, is the body of Christ. The chalice, or rather, what is in the chalice, having been sacrificed, sac- not sacrificed, sorry, sanctified by the word of God, is the blood of Christ. And I said sacrificed earlier in that too. It was sanctified both times, not sacrificed. So my apologies. But just in those three clear examples that Christ was not speaking figuratively, he was being literal, that unless we eat of his body and drink of his blood, we have no life within us. And the uh, the apostles believed this as well. And they passed on all of this to their successors. They pa- Their successors passed all of this on to men like St. Augustine, St. Irenaeus, St. Ignatius of Antioch, and so on and so forth. And it, it's been a tradition, not a tradition, but it has been something that is held true that Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. All of him is truly present under the appearance of bread and wine. And that's not something that is misinterpreted or taken out of context from the Bible or that was just made up later in church history. And I think some people forget this was a doctrine that Protestants rejected after it had been practiced for 1,500 years. Because Protestantism didn't pop up until about the 1500s. So this was something that was widely accepted, known to be true until the Protestant Reformation when it was questioned. So, I uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, like I said, this episode kind of leads into um, our next one, which is going to be about sacrifice and worship or not sacrifice. Actually, yes, actually. So sacrifice and worship. And I don't want to get too far ahead myself and ruin my next episode, but I'll just drop my pen. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys learned something. Don't forget to share the podcast with family and friends. Give it a a rating. Uh, But I will see you guys next time. God bless. Mm -hmm.